started out by talking about the Army. I say, go Army and join the Air Force. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. You know, if you read Revelation 19.11, the Air Force is mentioned in there. You just got to read it. It said the armies that were in heaven, verse 11, followed him. Well, how'd they follow him? Where'd they go? Where'd they come from? They came from the third heaven back to earth. And, 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 and I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Amen. And uh, them, them horses are going to fly. They're not going to be on a highway. Amen. So we're going to be horse pilots for about a million miles. Amen. And then them few miles around down here, don't, they're, they're not even close to that trip back and forth. So there's the Air Force, amen. And, and we're going across the great deep, so there's got to be a ship involved in there somewhere. Amen. I got I to give the Navy some credit. And, and we sing about the ship of Zion, so, you know. God is a military God, amen. He believes in self-defense and national defense and all that stuff, amen. What a blessing to be saved, to love God, to know your Bible, to have a little bit of Bible in you, to understand really what's going on. Uh, it saddens me, it grieves me to watch Christianity as a whole today. Uh, so many people, and in fact, there's so many folks in independent Baptist churches that are freaking out at what's been going on. It wasn't but about Oh, a couple years back, remember when everything got all messed up and locked down and things went crazy? That I, uh, my, my wife and I had been in Nevada there and, you know, and it's a little different when everything is run by, well, you know, liberals. And uh, if you're a liberal in here, God bless you. But uh, things all locked down and church was watched on a little thing with little squares about like this and about like that. And uh, you know when that book says, fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth, you can't do that on a computer screen. I'm sorry. Amen. That is not church. Amen. Amen. And so my wife, she and I both got a little sick of and then, of course, the prince of the power of the air, man, he gets in there about every 30 seconds. They asked me to preach one day. And I told him, you don't want me to preach on that thing. Them things hate me. Listen, man, I go into Walmart and the place shuts down when I get to the counter. I mean, the whole place shuts down. Computers don't like me. Oh, you just, you know, computer Greek. You don't understand it. Hey, man, I programmed the very first numerically controlled a milling machine the United States Air Force ever bought. I programmed it. I set it up. I made sure it worked. And I worked on it. I, it's not that I don't understand them. The problem is they understand me. And we got a problem. Amen. And you don't have, you don't have to believe me. You can ask one of my Bible students, Brother Alex. Amen. Brother Tyler's boy. He was with me down there in, in Florida when I had COVID. My wife was up in Pennsylvania with my mom because she broke her hip. And, and about, I don't know, Three months into that thing, he said, Brother Cliff, all that stuff you said about computers and you, that's right. It really is a, a fight. He said, them things do hate you. I said, yeah, you're right. He said, I see it now. I see it now. Amen. But we got tired of all that. And my wife said, honey, she said, can we just, can we just go, you know, somewhere where they got a real church? 
you know, Arizona is still a free state. Can't we go down there? I said, well, I got to preach tonight. So, you know, we can go down. Brother George, yeah, there was a friend of mine had church down in, in uh, what is that down? I forget the name of that town down there. Kingman, about an hour and a half south of us. As we go down there, my son-in-law and I had preached a, a mission conference there together. And so I went down there and I thought, thought I was going to go down there. And I got to looking it up and I couldn't find anything. Services, you know, all I found was this, closed, closed. And so I looked a little deeper and, and I dug a little deeper. I got the phone number out. I called the phone number. No answer. Nothing. Closed. And when I had an opportunity, I drove by, closed. Arizona was a free state. You know what I saw? I saw Christians Bible-believing Baptist Christians, independent. I watched them. They didn't just fall off the fence. They dove in head first. And today, they're closed. Amen and amen. Hey, preacher had a good idea with this meeting, man. Amen. We need it. Brother Spurgeon and I need it. Amen. We need it because there's a lot coming down the pike. Amen. And we need to be ready, prepared in our own heart and mind. Amen. Because there's coming a day and I'm not trying to scare nobody. I'm just trying to be a realist. And, and, and you know, it ain't going to get no easier for us. Amen. Have you noticed? I mean, you've been saved a while. Have you noticed it's not as easy as it used to be? Amen. There's, there's a reason for that. You know, the Bible says the, the, the spirit that now worketh in the children disobedience. Amen. He's still, he's at work. He's at work all around us. Amen. The thing we got to watch out for is we don't let him work on us. We don't start listening to him. What's the, one of the signs, amen, of the, those last times are giving heed to seducing spirits, right? Man, I'm telling you, young people, there's a lot of seducing spirits out there. Amen. And it ain't just coochie-coochie-coo in some sensual way. Amen. There's seducing spirits that are after. What is it to seduce somebody? It's to get them in a state where their mind doesn't work right. You get out of this book. And your mind won't work right. Amen. I'll tell you this. You back off from reading it, you'll struggle when it comes time to think something. When it comes time to make a decision. That's why it's so important to stay in that book. Why? So when, when, when trouble comes, you don't have to wonder. I talked to my daughter today, the one that was here last night. And we talked a little bit. And I talked about some issues. And I said, you know... You need, to, you need to work on something that I'm still working on at 65. I've been doing it for 42 years since I got saved, going on 43. And it's this thing here, self-discipline. You need to work on that. I said, it'll help you and your family. It'll help you with some of these issues you're facing in the family. And I said, you're going to have to discipline yourself. If you ever expect your kids to be disciplined, you better be disciplined. And you're going to have to discipline them yourself. And you have to discipline yourself so they can see it in you, so they, have, they want to have what you got. 
And I said, you know, uh, that's the, they taught us in the military, right? I mean, how many of you are in military? Amen. All right. How many of you army? Wow. Amen. How many of you air force? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Navy. Just one. Amen. And our, a Navy of one. Amen. But they, we went through, what do, you, what do you call yours, boot camp? He went through boot camp. They call it Army boot camp. Ours they call basic training. That's because we didn't get the boot too often. Amen. But they call it basic training. And they call it training. Well, boot camp was a training ground. What did they do when you were in boot camp? Huh? Did you ever get sick of doing something over and 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 over? Are you tired of me saying over yet? Why did they do that? Because you're going into battle. They're preparing you to fight. They're preparing you to perform under die reverse circumstances and distressful circumstances and you ain't got time to sit there and go, now what did they tell me to do? They're teaching you how to act so you don't have to react. That's what training is for. That's what the local church is for. That's why you got good preaching, amen, week in and week out, amen, and you got special meetings. Why? So you get extra training, Amen. They send you to extra schools in the military. Amen. They call it what? AIT in their army. And, and we call it tech school. Amen. And they, they send you to extra school. Why? So you learn more and you get more Air Force history or more Army history or more military bearing, more training in your job. Why? So when you get out there and have to do the job and the bullets are flying, you ain't got to wonder, do I get down now? And they put you through live fire. They do that in the Navy. Oh, you missed it, man. That's the fun part. When the bullets coming over your head are real. Amen. Why? So you know what it sounds like. Amen. And it don't sound like it did on TV. <laughs> I mean, a Lone Ranger ain't got nothing on these guys, okay? It don't sound like that. Why? You're in there for the real thing. So that again, why? Because if you end up in battle, you're going to have to know the real thing. You're going to have to know what just went by your head. And you, you might be the first guy that gets a, gets a hold of it or hears it or whatever, or sees it. Amen. And it's you that's got to call the shot to tell everybody to get down. Amen. you got to know what you're doing. Here we are. Brother Spurgeon's already alluded to it. You know about the army, the Lord's army. you got to know what you're doing in this battle. Amen. That's what, that's what the local church is all about. Amen. Then you got Bible Institute, right? That gives you a little bit more intense, right? Why? So you can learn what it's all about and how to handle it. Amen. So here we are. We're, this is Wednesday night, right? I know some of you are here because it's Wednesday night. Did you get that yet? Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow night again, right? Amen. We were here last night too, some of us. Amen. Amen. Well, why are they going to make me go all that? So that when the battle starts, you don't drop. You're not a washout. You're not a wipeout. You're not a casualty. You're not an illustration in some preacher's message. Amen? One thing I never wanted to be was a bad illustration. 
My father taught me. My father was a drunkard growing up. And my father taught me, son, learn from other people's mistakes. So I did. He was a drunk. I became a drunk. I went a little further. I got mixed up in dope. My buddies were coming back out of Vietnam. And there I was. And I got into the dope. You know what I learned? I didn't learn much from other people's mistakes. I had to make my own. Some folks are just hard-headed. Amen. Amen. Especially young men, they seem to be. And now it's getting to where young ladies are, or young girls are, amen, because the roles are kind of reversed nowadays sometimes. I mean, Lord, help us. And we need to, amen, pay attention and watch. Listen, man, you see a guy stumbling down the street, and he's a reason he's stumbling down the street. Hey, listen, you know, you hear about all this homeless, right? Oh, you got to support the poor homeless. you got to feed them. I'm all for helping folks that are underprivileged and all that, and, you know, down on their luck. But most of them folks out there ain't down on their luck. You know, first thing that came to my mind, preacher, was if I got in a bad way and I was losing it all and, you know, I couldn't eat and I couldn't, you know, pay my bills. And all I have to do is call one of my kids. They'd feed me. They'd take care of me. They'd help me out. Until I get back on my feet, as they say. Amen, but you know what I found out about those guys out there on the street? I thought, where's their family? You know where their family is? Sick and tired of what they've been doing. Sick and tired of them sucking on the dope and starting it up their nose and eating it in their face and then going out and living like, you know what? There's a reason they are what they are. And I'm not saying don't help them. Every once in a while, God nudge me, I'll give them some money. Usually what I do is I take them and get them something to eat. Why? Because then they ain't going to blow it up their nose. And that's what they'll do. You give them a chance. My wife, man. We had a baby shower, I guess it was, out in Vegas here a while back. And my wife and another lady were driving down the street, and they pulled up to the, to, to, to the stop sign at the bottom of the ramp to get off the high freeway. Here's a guy holding a sign, we'll work for food. You know what that means? Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. We'll work for food. So they roll the window down and say, here's a piece of cake. Oh, man, I can't buy dope with that. That was the response. At least he was honest. Amen. Amen. So what is it? You're in here for a reason. Amen. It's to teach you, to train you. So when something happens and all hell breaks loose around you on this earth, you know what to do. Amen. Take your Bible. Go to 2 Corinthians 13. You know, God doesn't put words in the Bible on, by accident. When he told Timothy to train faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. That's what preachers are looking for is faithful men. And I'm all for it. You know, we talk about the soldiers and they talk about succession in the ranks. But you know what I'm noticing? The succession in our ranks is getting thinner and thinner. Where's the young men that'll say, man, I'll leave it all behind, man, for God. Amen. I said it the other night. I mean, I remember back in the, when I first got started. I mean, altars were packed with young men, young ladies surrendering 
to be missionaries, to be missionary wise, pastors wise, whatever, to be in the ministry for God and, and work for God. But it doesn't happen that way anymore. And I'm not here to call you, but I'm here to tell you there's a need. And it's a great need. Brother Spurgeon just talked about going out, amen, and personal work and all that. We need some more folks that will invest themselves in somebody else. Amen. You notice, really, the ones that are around. You know why he's here tonight, Brother Spurgeon? You know why he's here? Because a man invested in him. Now, he had a heart to go for it, but a man invested in him named Dr. Estep. And he told him, David, sit right there. Go to Bible Institute. Amen. And he invested himself in that man. And what you're seeing is the results of a man's investment. Amen and, amen. and we need some more. We need some. I mean, I, I got, listen, him and I, we travel. I got one out in, in, in Phoenix. And I do the guy by phone, man. And I, just, I talk to him and text him, all that kind of stuff. Why? Because the guy's a good man. He got in. He's lit up. I mean, he loves God. He wants to do something. I said, here, man, take this. Go with this. Go with this. He's in church. You know, sometimes in the church, they can't get enough. You ever, you ever been there? Amen. Man, for a long time, I couldn't get enough. I still, I, I want more. <laughs> Listen, man, if I could be in church every night, I'd be in church every night. Amen. Why? Because I want it. Hey, man, what do you do? Hey, disciple them. Hey, man, work with them. Encourage them. Feed them. Amen. I had you in 2 Corinthians 13. Look at verse 5. <clears throat> Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil. Not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and ye are strong, and this also we wish, even your perfection. Therefore I write these things, being absent, lest being present I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Father, thank you for the privilege. Lord, I don't take it lightly. Lord, the best I know how, once again, give you the vessel. And I ask you, Lord, please fill it to overflow and allow the overflow to speak to each heart. Meet the need of each heart. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I mean, I was praying, I was meditating today. I, I, I had another message, and when Brother Spurgeon got preaching, I thought, man, I could put that one right in here tonight instead of tomorrow night. And then the Lord said, I gave you what I gave you. So this is what we're going with. Amen. Amen. So Paul's got a thing here. It's finally, brethren. Listen, we've already had enough to, amen, I mean, pack the wagon and go home all week long. I mean, we've had enough to chew on for a good while. Amen. What we've got to do now is put it into practice. Right? And make it work. Make it work for us. Listen, if that book don't work for you, what good is it? Amen. If these messages aren't helping, if they aren't working for you, what good are they? Amen. Paul said, finally, brethren, that's kind of like the last word on the thing. It's like closing it out. Amen. I looked that up. He said, be perfect. 
Be perfect. So I looked it up. I looked it up in that 1828. It It means finished, complete, consummate, not defective, having all that is requisite to its nature and kind as a perfect statue, a perfect likeness, a perfect work, a perfect system. In other words, fully informed, completely skilled. That's what we're here for. To be trained, to be prepared, to be educated, to get understanding. Amen. So why? When the real deal hits, we know what to do. Amen. <laughs> no. No. Oh, good place to dive off. No. This is a good place to take a stance. Come at me. Amen. I'm going to live for Jesus. Amen. If it hair lips the devil, amen, it sets hell on fire. It's already on fire. Amen. I'm going to live for Jesus. Complete. Are you complete in him tonight? Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. In other words, be complete. If I was to ask you about your armor tonight, is your armor complete? I mean, read down through Ephesians 6 there. You know, how's the prayer life? Is it complete? How's your Bible reading? Is that complete? So, well, preacher, you know, I, I kind of missed a couple. Hey, it's a new year, man. Start over. Amen. Pick it up. Start over, man. Amen. Get back to reading it. Well, I missed a couple days. Get back and read it. Amen. And if you miss one today, pick it up tomorrow. Amen. Read twice tomorrow. But read it. Get in there and read it. Make that the priority in your life. Amen. And those things in that armor, amen, take care of them. Be perfect. He's not asking you to be sinless. He's asking you to be complete. Be fulfilled, man. Is your life fulfilled in what you're doing? I'll tell you this. If you're chasing after the world, it's not. I can tell you from experience, it's not. So why? I used to chase after the world. But I knew enough when I got saved to know that, hey, man, this road I'm on is not the right way. God, I'll go your way all the way home. And that's what I'd made up my mind I was going to do. And that's what I've been doing for 42 years. Be perfect. You know what you can do that's perfect? First thing you can do that's perfect is do the will of God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, Acceptable in God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You do the will of God, you're perfect in God's sight. Amen. Why? It'll complete you. It'll complete you. Amen. Finally, brethren, be perfect. Well, what do we do if we move on from that, man? I'm, you know, I'm pretty well completed. You know, I'm, I'm still learning, but I'm, I'm doing okay. Provoke each other. Amen. Said there in verse 11, be of good comfort. Well, comfort. What's the first thing you think of when you think of comfort? You think of somebody putting their feet up in that easy chair, don't you? Yeah. Amen. Falling asleep, you know, waking up about three hours later, you know, groggy and all, you know. That's really, there's more to comfort than that. I looked it up. That dictionary will wake you up, man. To strengthen, to invigorate, to cheer or enliven. He says, comfort ye your hearts. To strengthen the mind when depressed or enfeebled. 
Amen. To strengthen the mind. Nothing strengthens that mind better than this book. And preaching out of this book. Good preaching. Amen. I'm telling you, if you didn't get strengthened, what they say earlier, was it, was it was you and I talking or was it, any, I can't remember, but it's talking about iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Amen. Man, I'm, I'm telling you what, I'm getting home this week a little bit, you know. Amen. It's good. It's good. Amen. And what are we supposed to do? Hebrews 10, 24 said, uh, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. You know what you just got from Brother Spurgeon? You got provoked. Amen toward good works and to go love sinners, amen, and win sinners and talk to sinners, amen? Provoke each other. Encourage one another, amen, and encourage me to hear somebody wants to go street preaching. I'll go. I'll go, amen. I like it, amen. I cut my teeth in the street, amen. You can tell they're kind of dark. No, I'm kidding. Amen. Be of good comfort. Comfort your heart. Strengthen the mind. Then he said, Finally, brethren, farewell, be perfect, be of good comfort. You know what? This thing's going to get bad enough without you or anybody else adding to it. It's going to get bad enough. You ain't going to have to do anything to make it any worse. It's going to get worse. And you know what? There's nothing you can do about it. Amen. But what you can do is not let it get you down and not let it take you out. Amen. You can do something about you to keep a right attitude and a right heart so when the thing happens, you can just smile and walk on with Jesus. I, there's a black fella when I was first saved. His name was William Phillips. And everybody called him Phil. He had a gold heart in that tooth right there. And, uh, man, he was, he was a blessing. And I first got saved. I got to know him a little better. His mama, man, she could flat, make greens. She'd make a bowl of greens and just, oh man, make your tongue, slap your brains out. It was good. I'd go by there. I still, I've been by there since many times and I haven't been in a while, but I go by and say, oh, it's me. She say, it's my, my light skinned son. <laughs> Amen. And I go by there and have greens with them and just have good fellowship. But Phil, I watched that old boy and every time somebody would do him wrong. And a lot of times, you know, if you're in the military, you're going to get done wrong. I mean, the military is going to do you wrong just to put you to the test. And that stuff would happen. And he'd walk on. He'd just smile. I said, bro, what's going on, man? What are you doing there? Oh, bro, he said, it's all of the Lord, man. Don't worry about it. He said, man, just praise the Lord and walk on. And he smiled. Always had a smile. Never saw anything but a smile on his face. Always had a good spirit. No matter what happened. But Joe, I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, would you give me what he's got? Well, he had a 1969 Dodge pickup. So I got out of, the Air, out of the Air Force and went to Bible school, and guess what the Lord gave me? A 1969 Dodge pickup. Amen. I learned to be specific in my prayer. Amen. Lord, I really wasn't talking about the truck. I mean, I'm going down a hill one day with a load of tools in the back, and the brakes went out. That's fun. Lord, I don't need that. I want that other thing he had. I want that smile. I want that spirit. I want that attitude. Listen, man, a good attitude ain't just for the charismatics. Amen. Amen. I said, Lord, I want that. I want that smile on my face. <coughs> Amen. I want to run around. Listen, man, there's enough going on out there to turn you sour. You don't need to be old sourpuss. That's right. Amen. Try being happy sometime. Amen. Amen. So what do you do? Comfort. 
provoke. You know, if you provoke enough people to good, some good just might come to that. that? Amen. Amen. And if you excite some people, my grandson sat over here last night. I didn't hear it. My wife told me about it later. I cut loose there once and shouted, you know, when Brother Tom, when you got to walking around up here, it kind of got a little loose. Amen. I got a little loose back there and I shouted a little bit. My grandson looked at his daddy and says, Daddy, can I do that? (laughs) It's catchy, man. It's catchy. (laughs) Amen. Provoke them. Provoke them to good works and to love. You know, I mean, do what David did. Over there in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, you know, he comes into Ziklag, right? And he finds the cities burned and their wives are gone, their children are gone. And man, all the, all the men are complaining and moaning and groaning, you know, and, and uh, you know, and their, their wives are taken captive. And then what they want to do? They want to stone David. I mean, you know, the leader, man, going to stone him. I mean, that'll make you feel kind of down, won't it? And they lifted up their voices, verse 4. And they wept. There's a time to weep. Amen. But there's a time to suck it up too. Amen. Get over it. Amen. Say, preacher, that's hard. Thou therefore, as a good soldier, endure hardness. Amen. David wept, but he didn't weep very long. He didn't weep very long. And I'm telling you, you don't need to spend the rest of your time on earth weeping, crying, moaning, groaning about what should have been, what could have been, what might be. Do something for God and it will be. Amen. So his two wives were taken captive. And he had a little short, short time there. So he was, he was sad, man. I mean, he was distressed. The Bible says he was greatly distressed in verse 6. For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. Yes, David's the leader. And not only did he lose his family, so did his men. So the guys want to stone him, so what's he do? Right in the middle of that verse, God put a but. That's one good but right there. And what did it say? But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Hey, listen, man. Keep in mind, you're not serving a dead God. You're not serving a God that does not answer prayer. You're not serving a God that can't do a thing for you. Hey, man, you're serving a God that pulled your feet out of the fire and your soul out of the fire. Hey, man, you're serving a God. Hey, Amen. Many of us, he put your family back together. Some of us didn't have a family. And he put us, gave us a great family and a loving family and a loving wife and a good wife that prays for us and serves with us. Amen. I'm telling you, man. Hey, you're serving a God that can. Amen. Then why can't we? We can in his strength. Amen. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. I mean, think about it. How many times have you seen God come through for you? Huh? I mean, listen, man. You ever had a prayer answered? I mean, if you've been praying at all, you've had one answered somewhere. Amen. Look at that. Just look back at that. I said the other night, look back your tracks. And see what God's done. Amen. Amen. Heard the story of an old fellow down south one time. He's a pastor there and his mama was a real shouter. And he's kind of, church was kind of dead. And so 
Mom would hear by hearing hear him preaching. He'd got talking about the blood and about the Lord. Man, she, amen, amen. Whoa, yeah, preacher, amen. And uh, she'd get shouting pretty good. And, and one of the, the head of the deacons came to him and said, preacher said, uh, we've got to say something to you about your mama. He said, what's that? He said, well, she's just shouting too much. She's disrupting the service. He said, well, I'll go talk to her. And uh, so he went and talked to mama. And he said, mama said, look, uh, folks are getting a little excited about you, a little upset, you know, because you're disrupting the service with all your shouting. So they ask what I ask you to tone it down. She said, well, Sonny, I'm just going to tell you. I do the best I can, but you say anything about the blood, and I'm going to have to shout amen. You say anything about my Bible being the word of God, I'm going to have to shout amen. And you say anything about the Lord dying for me on Calvary, he said, I'm sorry, but I, I'm going to have to shout amen. Well, it wasn't long the preacher got up and he said, I'm here to tell you this morning the Bible is the word of God. She said, amen. And he said, in that Bible it tells you the Lord Jesus Christ went to Calvary, suffered, bled, and died. Amen. And he rose again. She went up. Whoa, yeah. Amen. And about that time, two big old deacons come down the aisle and they grabbed her and they had her under their arms like this and carrying her out like that. About halfway back the center aisle, she hollered out. She said, well, praise God. Jesus rode in on one, and I'm riding out on two. Amen. Amen. Yeah, man. Hey, it's catchy. Encourage yourself in the Lord, man. Look at what God has done for you. Can you remember where God found you? Amen. I mean, it was a pit. Amen. And you might have been a good church kid, amen, but you were still wicked as we were, amen. amen. Wicked is the wickedest person in the place. Amen. Why? Because you're still a sinner. Amen. And your sin was just as vile as our sin. Amen. And you need to understand it. That, hey, man, God saved you out of a pit. And he didn't save you out of a pit just to put you in the palace so you could wear kingly clothes and run around dressed nice and talk nice and spit white and walk right. Amen. He saved you so you'd do something for him. That's right. To be a testimony of what he's done. He encouraged himself, greatly distressed, and he encouraged himself in the Lord. I mean, you lose your wife. I told somebody the other day, man, I said, this guy said, well, that's my better half. I said, man, no, 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 no. But David, we ain't got better halves. They're a whole lot more than a half. I'm telling you something, man. She's a whole lot more than a half, ain't she? I'm t- I know what they're saying, but I'm going to tell you something. I lose that woman. I-, I lost all of it, man. I can't even get in my bank account, man. She's the one who knows how to do it. But I lose it all, man. You talk about completeness. I am what I am by the grace of God. But I'm going to tell you what, and the prayers of that woman and the help of that woman standing with me, amen, and being behind me most of the time, amen, and she don't get no accolades. She don't get no pat on the back. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, man, without that preacher's wife, that preacher couldn't be what he is. Amen. And there he is, lost his wife and family. But he encourages himself in the Lord his God. Man, no matter what you go through, God's still God. God didn't change. Listen, I don't know what you're going through tonight, but God did not fall off the throne. 
Amen. Listen, God is not sitting up there in heaven popping half a baby aspirin to handle the headache from all the people's problems. He knew it's already been said tonight before the foundation of the world what was going to happen in your life. He knew what was going to happen in my life. And yet he handles it all simultaneously. That means at the same time. And don't even break a sweat. Amen. So be perfect. Provoke each other. Thirdly, verse 11. Finally, brethren, be of one mind. Man, if you can get two Baptists that are one mind today, you got a miracle, man. The Holy Ghost must be filling the house. Amen. What's that one mind? Philippians 2, 1 through 8. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Amen. How do you do that? Amen. It goes on and says this. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. I'll tell you how to keep one mind. You got one head. Amen. The church don't have 17 pastors. The church don't have three pastors. The church don't have two pastors. The church has got one pastor for one reason. One head. And you follow what he says do. And I'd say he's done a pretty good job looking around here. And I'm not trying to pat him on the back because he's my friend. That's what it says in the book, man. Paul said, be you followers of me as I am of Christ. He's following Christ. You follow him. Yep. Amen and amen and amen. And what happens? You get to watch what God does. And you may watch him fall on his face sometime. But I know enough about him to know this. He'll admit it. He'll tell you why he fell. And then he'll get up and show you the, the, the way it's supposed to be. He'll show you how to recover when you fall. Amen. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. Be in that same mind. Amen. We're just going to follow him as he follows Christ. And we're going to work together. Brother Spurgeon already preached on that last night. Side by side. Amen. Side by side. Now, how are you going to do that? Well, look at this next one. But let in lowliness of mind, you have to humble yourself. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Well, I'll tell you what, a busybody will use that verse right there. What do they use it for? A, a reason to stick their nose in somebody else's business. It ain't your business. Leave it alone. Amen. Ooh, I could go more. I got to deal with this stuff a lot. If it ain't of your business, under your roof, under your control. Let me give you some help. Stay out. Shut up. Let God do it. And he knows things about it. You do. Amen. And he had the discernment to know the difference. And he encouraged that man right there. And he's still here. Amen. If you ain't got no spiritual discernment, then just shut up and learn. Amen. But you ought to be able, amen, with the spirit of God to watch. And when you see somebody have a need. And this isn't just for the preachers. This isn't just for the evangelists. This isn't just for the, amen, uh, the, the, the deacons. See somebody got a need, why don't you fulfill it? Instead of making it a prayer request all around town. 
Amen? Amen. Why don't you fulfill it? Amen. You see somebody got it, just go do it. Or they need a little money. Tell you what, I used to do, man, I'd put money in an envelope. We had a lady in our church. Her husband was lost. They had five kids. Amen. And he's trying to get a business off the ground. He's painting cars on a dirt floor garage. And she'd bring them boys to church. You know what I'd do? I'd slip money in the window. In Vegas, man, when it's hot, you know, you used to have to leave your windows cracked about that far. That's just right for an envelope to slip in there. Pew. Put a little cash in there. Pew. Help her get a little food. Pew. Feed those boys. Pew. And she don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> Amen. You see a need, man. Fulfill it. The Lord will let you know. He'll let you know, man. Help that one right there. And don't do it so you can. It's supposed to be what? Not for vainglory. Oh, look at me. Look who I helped. No. Try to do it in a way that nobody sees you, that you don't get the glory, but God does. Amen. Amen. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, right? who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man, and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. It takes humility. There's a certain amount of humility that we all need, amen? And it's more than most of us think we need. Amen? See, how do you know? Because this stinking flesh will well up in a skinny minute. It ain't even a country minute. I mean, it's a skinny minute. Like that, man. If it's not a problem, then why you look back through there and pride seems to be the first one in the list. These six things doth the Lord hate. A proud look. Boom! Right? That's the look. That ain't even the pride itself. That's the result of the pride. Amen? We're talking about being of one mind. You know, if everybody's humble and everybody's got it, I'm telling you something, this place is working pretty good. You know why it's working good? There's a reason for that. Amen? There's some folk around here that ain't looking for glory. They ain't looking to make a name. In fact, they don't want anybody to know what they do. They'll slip in, slip out, work here, work there. Amen? Just to get the job done. Amen? To have one mind is to have one authority, one Bible, one direction, one mission in life. Everybody working together for the same cause. It's all of us being humble enough to step aside if someone else has a chance to lend a hand. Amen. If you've got to have the preeminence, you're not going to make it in this thing. Amen. Promote unity. Live in peace. Verse 11, finally, brethren, be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace. Live in peace. Well, that goes all the way back to that thing about vainglory. You know what causes most of the problem? Pride. In fact, I think there's a verse I read somewhere. Oh, yeah, it's Proverbs 13, verse 10. Only by pride cometh contention. If there's contention, there's pride. I think I'm better than you. Amen. My daughter had a pair of sunglasses. I wanted so much to put them on. But, Joe, you taught me how to play the piano Remember years ago over there in Indiana. Remember that? And I just got, I didn't have one to practice on, so I can't play it too good. But put on a pair of sunglasses and just kind of sat there and play the piano, you know, to the tune of You Are So Beautiful, you know. But the song goes like this. I am so spiritual. 
you see. I'm everything God hoped for. I'm everything God needs. For I am so spiritual to me. <laughs> Amen. It says over there in verse 11 again, live in peace. And man, I don't have time to go through all the places. But listen, I looked up finally, brethren. It's mentioned four times in Paul's writings, four different letters. He says, finally, brethren. He says, finally, my brethren. And uh, over there in Ephesians 6.10, he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You're going to have to realize it's not your strength. And you've been at it a while. You didn't figure that out. You know how I figured that out, Brother Mike? I started getting old, and I got to the point where I can't do what I used to do. Things I used to do all day long, now it takes me all day long just to do one of them. And I'm, man, I walk from here to upstairs in that apartment up there, and I got to sit down. I used to run for miles. Man, I got out of basic training. I went to, the, her parents had a camp in the country, and there was this kid there. He was a track star, and he was bragging about all the running he could do, and my wife said, well, you know, my, my husband, he's been doing some running. And my father-in-law jumped right in on it. Yeah, man, Cliff's a runner. He can run. I saw oh, I just did a little running in the military, you know. He said, why don't you go running? Well, you know, I'll run with you. Where are you going to run? Well, it's a mile and a half down that stop sign. I'll run down there and back with you. How about that? He's supposed to be a you know, distance runner. I ran down the stop sign, passed him. I'm about halfway back. I got back, and I was there for, I don't know, 30 minutes till he got back. You know, it's just. What do you say? Amen. You just uh, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You know how far I can run now? Like I said, in fact, by the time I get to the bottom of the stairs up here, I'm going. <sighs> and then I go up the stairs. Amen. I mean, it just ain't what it used to be. If God don't do this thing, it ain't going to get done. And listen, even in your strength, young man, I mean, give him your strength while you can, young ladies. Young men, give him your strength while you can. But if God don't do it through you, it's not going to last. And it won't be around 40 years from now. Amen. Because you built it, not God. Amen. Be pleased as punch. Find my brethren, he said in Philippians 3.1, rejoice in the Lord. Somebody asked me one time, said, you one of them happy Baptists? I said, what's the alternative? A sourpuss? I mean, I'm happy, man. I am happy to be saved. I am happy to be in the service of the king. I am happy to be in church, amen, every time the doors are open. I am happy to be around God's people that love God and love the King James Bible and love preaching and love worshiping together and love doing something for God, man. I'm happy with that crowd. God put me in the right crowd to start with. And he put a song in my heart. You know what he did? He put the song in a lot of their hearts too, amen. He put the song in y'all's heart, bunch of you, amen. I mean, we sing the same songs, we just don't sing it together, amen. That'd be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> amen. Well, we do sing it together, congregational, amen. But be pleased as punch. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Man, you and I, saved from hell, saved out of our sin, Washed in the blood, 
on our way to heaven, sealed to the day of redemption, going to be there with Jesus forever, going to come back with him on white horses, going to watch him do the fighting, and, and, and amen. He's going to credit us for what he did through us, amen, judgment seat of Christ, and we're going to cast those crowns at his feet. I mean, you and I that are in that kind of a condition, we of all people got more right to be happy than anybody. I mean, brother, it ought to light your fire, amen. So you're just trying to excite me. That's part of the message, amen. I mean, fire me up, man. Give me a chance to shout. Give me a reason to shout. Amen. Amen. Oh, brother, like you say, I'll shout to drop a hat. If you turn your back, I'll drop the hat. I won't even wait. Stand there and watch. I'll drop my hat, man. Amen. That's what it takes to get me to shout. Why? I'm a happy Baptist. I'm a happy Christian. I'm a happy saved person. Amen. I'm a happy American. Amen. I ain't happy the way my country's going, but I'm a happy American. Amen. Be pleased as punch. You know, if you have to endure your Christianity, you didn't get much. Amen. I mean, good night, man. I, I talked to some folks, it looks like somebody took out a dead mackerel and just whopped them upside the head with it. Man, if I had to feel like that all the time, I think I'd go bury my head in the sand somewhere and become a stork or what is that, ostrich or something? Amen. You know, <laughs> I mean, I got excited when my wife told me about my grandson. Dad, can I do that? <laughs> you know, I came home. I came up here, prayed with him. That young man has announced his call to preach now for how long? A couple years anyway. Several years. He's only, what, nine years old? Nine years old. I've heard him preach. He's got a long way to go, but he preaches. Amen. 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 And Brother Spurgeon told me he's in the bathroom, and he come in the bathroom, and he said, how about that? How'd your, I mean, your grandpa preach in there? And he said, my grandpa is a good preacher. <laughs> he thinks I'm a good preacher, man. You know what he wants to preach like? Guess what he wants to preach like? Guess what he tries to preach like? You watch him. He, he, he imitates me, man. I'll never forget when I first got saved. My wife recorded the first message I ever preached. And thank God I lost the recording. Amen. <laughs> but I preached in a nursing home. And I think I preached for about 15 minutes. It took me five days to get the message ready. And I preached for about 15 minutes. And man, I was sure I went for an hour and a half. I mean, you know. I went home and I said, well, you know, I'm going to critique myself. I'm going to listen to this tape and see what it is. And I listened to that tape. Preacher, it sounded exactly like my pastor. I used all of his euphemisms. I used some of his stories. I mean, it's like, that ain't me. That's my pastor. But you know what? That's where I learned to preach. Amen. If my grandson wants to watch me and preach like me, I'll help him. Amen. I told my daughter, I said, if he needs a teacher, I volunteer. Amen. I'll be glad to teach him. Bible Institute. Amen. I think it's the greatest thing on earth, man. Amen. Hey, if you knew me before Jesus found me or before I found him, amen, and see what God's done in the last 42 years, man, I'm telling you, there's a world of difference. Amen. And I'm happy. If you took me home right now, I'd go out with a smile. Amen. Amen. Seventh, ponder properly. Brother Spurgeon already quoted it, Psalm 1914. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We said there in Philippians 4, 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, hello, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, what are we thinking on? 
Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I'll just tell you this. That little thing that fits in your pocket or on your hip, you know, that we all have nowadays. That'll get you in more trouble with your thoughts Amen. than anything that's ever come down the pike. The devil knew what he was doing. Finally, brethren, think on these things. Amen. Watch what you're thinking, huh? Man, we ought to be thinking on these messages we've heard. Ought to go home and meditate on them. Meditate on the preaching. Meditate on what God spoke to us about. Did God speak to you this week? Did he speak to you here tonight? Hey, did he tell you you're lost and you need to be saved? You better be considering that. You better think about it. Why? Because we, haven't have, we don't have long left here. The church is leaving. Amen. In a thing we call the rapture. God said they're going to be caught away. Amen. And we're going to meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. And the Bible says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We're leaving. And it ain't too far out. You look around, man, the signs of the times are everywhere. And I'm telling you, man, it's close. And most of those signs, amen, you read of in your Bible are seven years out yet. We leave before them signs really start. Seven years before that in the rapture. So it's close. Amen. Ponder properly. Pay attention. Think on what you ought to be thinking on. If I walked in here lost tonight, the very first thing I'd think of is I'm lost. And these people in here, I'll tell you how I was first time I went to church. I was saved. I got saved at home. Nobody there but me and God. But I walked in church and I sat right back there where you're sitting, brother, on the last row. Church about this size, maybe a little bigger. There was 396 people there that day. I know because they had a big sign there. It said 396 in attendance. And I remember 396 because I used to have a Chevelle. Any of you motorheads? It was easy for me to remember. And I sat back there and I looked around and I was dressed in just, I mean, street clothes. I mean, that's all I had. Or my Air Force blues. I wasn't wearing them to church. I didn't know anything about any of that stuff. And I had, man, I'm telling you, you've heard the story before, man. Red Afro, big muzz here. I mean, a mess. That close to being booted from the Air Force. Walked back there, sat down there. I looked around at people and they're dressed like I am. They're dressed like these boys right here, some of them. And they're, more, they're more better clothes. They're good clothes or church clothes. I looked around at him, Brother Steve, and I said, man, if these people knew me, they wouldn't let me in this place. I found out later if I knew them, I wouldn't have let them in either. <laughs> but there I sat. And, man, that preacher preached. And for the first time in my life, I heard preaching that was real. From a man who believed the book he was preaching out of. And he believed it was the word of God and it had authority. And it hit me right there. Smack on. And man, I bowed my head. I'd never been in a service like that before ever in my life. I grew up down the road from a Catholic church. I told you that the other night. There I sat. And man, he preached and he gave that invitation. And he said this. If you've never been born again, this first verse is for you. Why don't you come? We'll show you how to be saved. 
I bowed my head. I said, and I, I did what I only knew to do, Brother Joe. I talked to God. I said, Lord, is that me? He said, you took care of that last night. We're okay. Just sit still. I said, okay. The next verse, he said, now this verse is for you. If you've never been baptized, why don't you come back and get baptized? I, got, I jumped out of the pew, brother. I ran down the aisle. And the preacher stood like this. And I think he did it to be like a shock absorber so I wouldn't mow him over. Because I was running down the aisle. He took my hand, kind of. He shook my hand. He said, you come to get baptized? I said, yes, sir. He said, you've been saved? I said, yes, sir. He said, have a seat. Man, I sat there. And he ended the invitation. And he started asking me. He said, well, I'm having a baptism tonight. You're welcome to get baptized tonight. I said, preacher, I'd rather do it when my family's here. Oh, he said, that's all right. We can wait. And I said, well, preacher, and I kind of teared up. I said, there's a little problem with that. It might be a while. He looked at me. And he said, what's wrong, son? I said, well, my wife left me. He said, my office is right back there in the back around that corner. He said, you go back there and wait on me. I, I got to say goodbye to all these folks, and I'll be back. Amen. That preacher spent the whole day, Sunday, in that office with me and a King James Bible. And he told me and showed me every place I had failed. My wife, my children, the Air Force, my God, and the whole bit. I looked at him. I said, you've been peeking in my kitchen window. He said, no. No, he said, I don't even know you. He said, but this book knows you. You see, God wrote a book that knows you. God created you with a personality that he would have the privilege of, hopefully, in eternity of fellowshipping with. Amen. He created you for his purpose. Amen. He sent his son in your place to die so you wouldn't have to die for your sins. Amen. And he did that all just to save you and make you his own. Yeah. If I was in here tonight and not saved, I'd run down that aisle. Please show me how to be saved. I don't want to go to hell, man. I want a life that has meaning. I want a life that's real. I want a life that's full of joy and fun and things, amen, that I can do that'll make a difference. We can show you how. Folks all over this building would love to take their Bible and show you how. If you're not saved in here, man, you ought to get saved. I'd get saved right now if it's up to me. If you're sitting here and you're thinking, I got all my life to live, you don't know what tonight's going to bring yet. Amen. My wife just told me of a family. It's in the church where my daughter goes. Thanksgiving. And the mother drops dead. Three little kids. Right? Three, three little kids. And... The one's eight. New Year's Day, the father and those three kids are in a tragic accident. The father and two kids are dead. And the eight-year-old's laying in a hospital bed right now on machines. Man, can you imagine waking up at eight years old and you're the only one left? You don't know what's going to happen. There's people your age laying out here with a headstone over them. You got no idea. Man, I'm telling you, you don't have all your life. Only one life will soon be passed, even if it is only a teenager. 
I was a teenager once. Amen. 50-some years ago. Hey, listen, man, it don't take long, and you're an old man. Amen. It don't take long, and you're an old lady. You better do what you do now while you can. That thing about you, the creator in your youth back there in Ecclesiastes. I mean, do it while you can. Man, if I had to do over again, Brother David, I would have got saved at five years old and lived my whole life for Christ. Amen. I wouldn't have waited till sin messed me up, Amen. scarred me up, made a mess out of my life, nearly ruined my life to get saved. I'd do it while I could. I'd live my life for Christ while I had a chance. Amen. While I had breath, while I had a brain, you get a little older, your brain starts to addle a little bit. Man, serve God while you got everything. Serve God. Give him the best, man. He deserves the best. Give him the best years of your life. Give it to him while you can before it's too late. I just heard a story not long ago, just a couple days ago, somebody with a, with a young son and that son, in fact, it was last night. It's a grandson of brother um, was here last night. Come on, Breen. Jay. Brother Jay Dempsey got muscular dystrophy. And he's just going downhill. Soon going to be where it's in a wheelchair, getting around in a wheelchair. And eventually it'll just go to where he can't do anything. I mean... You don't know. None of us is promised the next second. Do what you can while you can for God. Take that message Brother Spurgeon preached, man, about going out and getting people and making a difference in somebody's life. Man, get out there and do it while you can. Be something for God, man. Would you just say, God, whatever it is, I'll do it. Wherever it is, I'll go. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say it. God, please take my life and let it be consecrated to you Amen. all the days of my life. And man, I'm telling you, 60 years from now, if the Lord tarries, you will not have a regret. Amen. Amen. Father, the best I know how, I did what you told me to do. And Lord, please, would you take the word of God and sink it deep in our hearts and Spirit of God, would you help it to bear fruit according to the will of God in our lives? I thank you for it. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Others are coming. Altars open. Lord, speak to your heart. How is your life tonight? You got a life where you can see that God's doing some things? If not, why not? Are you even saved? Folks give their lives to all kinds of things when all they really need to do is give their life to God and let God make it what He wants it to be. He'll fill it with more joy, more peace, more fullness than you'd ever know.